morning in the book of Acts, chapter number 1, this morning the book of Acts, chapter number 1 and verse number 8, Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8, Jesus said this, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus said you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I'm using for my theme this Sunday and next Sunday, power encounter. Power encounter. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we have an opportunity of having a power encounter. God, I thank you that there is still power in, uh, in God uh, that is available to us today. God, I just pray today that you'll just help us to whet our appetite. Lord, to believe you for incredible and unbelievable things in the weeks ahead. Father, we ask it all for the glory of God. All of God's people said praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, a week from this coming Sunday, we are going to begin a meeting with Evangelist Doug Eccles. We've done this several years in a row about this time of year. This year, I am calling this meeting a power encounter. This meeting will be dedicated to the power of the Holy Spirit. According to a survey a few years ago by our own Assemblies of God leadership in Springfield, Nearly one half of the membership in the Assemblies of God have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The thing that sets us apart from just about every other organization and denomination is what we believe about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And yet still today, uh, about half of our members have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I believe we need a revival of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let me just take a couple of moments this morning and talk about what we believe. We are an Assemblies of God church, and we do hold to their doctrine. And let me just uh, take a couple of moments and talk about what we believe about the Holy Spirit. First of all, we believe that everyone receives the Holy Spirit at the time of their conversion. Now, other people that are not of our persuasion, they're not charismatic or Pentecostal, they think that we teach that they don't have the Holy Spirit, that we have some corner on the Holy Spirit. That is not right at all. We emphatically believe that everybody receives the Holy Spirit at time of conversion. The fact of the matter is you cannot be saved without the help of the Holy Spirit. That being said, we also believe that there is another experience, say another experience. There is another experience available to us and it comes after our conversion. It has come to be known as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts chapter number 9, turn with me there. The book of Acts chapter number 19, I think I said 9, but chapter 19 of the book of Acts says that it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And he found some disciples. He found some what? Disciples. disciples. He found some unbelievers? 
No, he found some disciples. Said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, hey, we hadn't even heard about this Holy Spirit. He said, then into what which were you baptized? They said, we were baptized into John's baptism. So Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him whom would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. I want us to notice the progression of events in these men of Ephesus. First of all, they had already expressed faith in Christ. They were believers. And then they were baptized in water. So notice, first of all, that's a good teaching in and of itself. Does water baptism save you? No. These guys were already saved, and then they were baptized in water. We are not baptized in water to be saved. We are baptized in water because we are saved. So notice the progression here. Uh, they had expressed faith in Christ, so they were believers. Then they were baptized in water. And then after they had expressed faith in Christ, after they had been baptized in water, then the Bible said they lay hands on them. And when they laid hands on them, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they spake in other tongues. So you receive the Holy Spirit at conversion, but we believe there is another experience available that comes after salvation. We call this the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something else that we believe. We believe that the initial physical evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues. Now let me say that a little more simply. That is simply to be said that we believe that the first outward sign that proves that you have indeed been baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you speak in other tongues. The Holy Spirit gives you a language to speak that is other than your own native tongue. Now, the Holy Spirit will not do the speaking. That's another thing that a lot of people get hung up on and are not able to be filled with the Spirit or baptized in the Spirit is because they believe uh, that the Holy Spirit is going to totally take over them and speak for them. The Holy Spirit will not do the speaking. You have to do the speaking. The Holy Spirit will give you the words, but you must speak these words. This is an act of your faith. This is an act of your will. This being baptized in the Holy Spirit is a supernatural event. But both God and man are involved in the process. How many are still with me this morning? Let's talk a little bit about tongues this morning. Now tongues, which are the outward sign uh, that proves that you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. These tongues, first of all, they could be an earthly tongue. They could be an earthly tongue other than your native tongue. It could be Chinese. It could be Spanish. It could be an African language. It could be uh, 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 any earthly language it could be. Look in the book of Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts chapter 2 this morning, verse 1 through 11, says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Oh, I'd like to see that happen. They were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. It was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. 
And they were all filled. How many were filled? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. How many spoke in other tongues? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Notice, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So there it is, the partnership. The Holy Spirit gives utterance, but we as the people have to do the uttering or we have to do the speaking. Well, notice verse 5. There were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused. Why were they confused? Because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Here are these dudes speaking in their language and they know they don't know their language. They were all amazed and marveled and said to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and those dwelling in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Serene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So when someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit, they will receive another language. The Holy Spirit will give them another language other than their own native tongue. They will speak that out and that is an outward expression and an outward sign, an outward proof of what has taken place on the inside. You know, some of our... uh, Our own American missionaries have testified, oh, that they've heard people in other countries, people that didn't know even one word of English, but upon being baptized in the Holy Spirit, these people from another tribe or language, another people group, another nation, amen, They these American missionaries all of a sudden heard these people, oh, in English, glorifying and magnifying and praising Almighty God. God. Wow, that's awesome, is it not? So, these tongues, they could be uh, they could be earthly language of any kind, any other language other than the native language of the person being baptized in the Spirit. That could be the case. Or, on the other hand, the Bible also says that tongues could also be a heavenly language. A heavenly language. You say, Pastor, where'd you get that? Well, I got it out of my Holy Spirit manual. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1, Paul writes, he said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So sometimes when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, sometimes their other tongue is, a, is another tongue of, a, of, of a, an earthly language, but sometimes it is a heavenly language. Sometimes it is an angelic language. Well, we believe that everyone that is baptized in the Holy Spirit will speak in tongues. Now, let me be very, very clear this morning. It doesn't mean that people who don't speak in tongues are less spiritual than those who do. I want to be emphatic about that because some people think that, you know, we think we're more spiritual than they are. And we look down our little pious nose, amen, at them because they don't speak in tongues. If you look down your nose at them because you speak, they don't speak in tongues, it's time you got a brand new refilling, amen? 
Amen. In fact, I hate to say it, but some of the meanest people I ever met spoke in tongues. And we'll get to that in just a little bit this morning as well. Doesn't mean if you speak in tongues, you're more spiritual than those that don't. Doesn't mean that we are more saved. How many know you can't be more saved? Speaking in tongues is just an outward sign that a person has been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, that, and we as Pentecostals, too often we, we, we spend too much time on tongues and too much time on speaking in tongues. And that's all we talk about. But listen, speaking in tongues, that's just the first initial. That's just the first outward sign. There are other signs that show that we are or are not Filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Such as the gifts of the Spirit. Such as the fruit of the Spirit. But we believe speaking in tongues is the initial physical evidence or the first outward sign that you have indeed been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, one other thing before we move on. There are a lot of people who... Uh, you know, they don't speak in tongues for whatever reason, and they, they use as an excuse, well, you know, I, I, I think I believe in it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of believe in it, but I, I just don't think it's for me. It's just not for me. It's for some, uh, but it's just not for everybody. Well, not according to my manual. My manual tells me in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter said to them, repent. And be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, your children, all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. One other thing. Someone asked me, Pastor. Pastor, can I get to heaven without being baptized in the Holy Spirit? My response is, heaven... Can I get to heaven? I, I don't even want to go to Walmart. I don't even want to go to Walmart without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, you can get to heaven without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, you can get to heaven without speaking in other tongues. We get to heaven by grace and grace alone. We get to heaven by receiving Jesus Christ and what He did for us on the cross. Amen. Yes, we can get to heaven. Amen. Without the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But my response is, amen, I need the power that comes along with it. I need the power that I can live in overcoming life and that's what happens to those that are spirit filled alright let's talk a little bit this morning about the purpose of this experience and the purpose of this experience is power by the way the fill in the blank notes are on the back of the bulletin you can fill them in as we go along so the purpose of this experience is power the Holy Spirit gives us power. Many, many things He gives us power. Four, I've chosen four to talk about this morning. Let me suggest, first of all, He gives us power for witnessing. Power for witnessing. Acts 1 and 8, our text. Jesus said, you shall receive power. When are we going to receive power, Jesus? Jesus said you're going to receive power after. Say after. After or when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Who's he talking to right here? Is he talking right here? I mean physically. When he's standing there and telling these guys physically. You'll receive power 
After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, is he talking to, is he talking to sinners? Who's he talking to? He's talking to his disciples, right? He's talking to his disciples. Uh, he's talking to the men uh, that walked with him for three and a half years. He's talking to men that are already believers. They had already followed the Lord Jesus Christ and received the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what was this power for? You shall be witnesses, Jesus said, to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit gives me power for witnessing. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about what we call witnessing today. There are some people, and they are well-meaning, but they love to put a guilt trip on us if we're not knocking doors and going door to door or walking in the mall or down the street and literally stopping everybody that we know and, you know, asking them, you know, are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? I'm not talking about that this morning. I'm not necessarily talking about what some people call witnessing. Notice Acts 1 and 8. Jesus didn't say you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power to do witnessing. He didn't say you receive power to do, and I'm not preaching against witnessing, but just stop putting a guilt trip on us because you're gifted in that area and we're not. Jesus didn't say he'd give you power to do witnessing. That if you got the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you, then there's something wrong with you if you don't knock doors every Saturday and win people to Jesus door to door. Jesus didn't say that. He said he will give you, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will come up, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you to be. Say be. 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 To be a witness. To be, to be witnesses unto me. You see, through the Holy Spirit's power in our lives, our victorious overcoming lives are a witness in and of themselves. Our changed life is a witness in and of itself. I personally believe the greatest form of evangelism is relationship evangelism. Not preaching against door to door. And some people have good response with that. Most of us don't. But I want to tell you, if you'll build a relationship with somebody, and if you'll walk the walk and not just talk the talk, if you'll develop a relationship with somebody that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, and they'll watch your life, and you'll ask the Lord to help you, the Lord will give you an opportunity to witness to that individual, and you will be able to win them to the Lord Jesus Christ. How many still with me this morning? Now, before the Holy Spirit's baptism, perhaps you, uh, uh, you were timid and shy. Perhaps you were afraid. But after the Holy Spirit's baptism, you have the boldness to be a witness, to stand up, amen, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Take a look at the life of, uh, of Peter. Before Pentecost, he failed miserably in his witness. He denied the Lord three times. But the Bible says that after Pentecost, or after Peter was baptized in the Holy Spirit, Peter stands up before thousands and boldly professes and boldly proclaims Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of his life. 
Acts 4 and 31 says, When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. With what? Boldness. Boldness. We're talking about a power encounter. I want you to have a power encounter. Amen. I'm believing God in, in, during our during our power encounter crusade that many of our people that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been in maybe you've been in Pentecost all of your life. You've seen it. You believe it. You've heard about it, but you've never experienced it. I'm believing God. This meeting, many of our people are going to be full of the Holy Spirit. They're going to be baptized. Amen. They're going to have a power encounter. Well, what is this power for? Well, let me suggest also that it is for worshiping. It's for worshiping, John 4 and 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. In what? In spirit and in truth. Friend, what a difference the Holy Spirit makes in our worship. Oh, the freedom that comes, all the excitement that comes, all the enthusiasm that prevails. Friend, the Holy Spirit brings life. It brings life. The Holy Spirit brings a refreshing. Isaiah 28 verse 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Friend, I, I want to tell you, there is absolutely nothing more refreshing. There is nothing more invigorating uh, oh, than to be in a real Holy Spirit anointed service. Uh, I want to tell you, friend, that the Holy Spirit can do more in five minutes for you than a shrink can do in five years. Uh, I want to tell you, friend, that nothing lifts my spirits. Nothing encourages me. Oh, nothing makes life worth living any more than for me to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. I remember many years ago in another church that I was pastoring. Actually, it was the oldest church in the state of Kansas. Now, Kansans are different. We've got one right here. They're different. They're different than Okies and they're different than Texans. They're a little more stoic. They're a little more reserved. And Allison's helping me out here. Thank you, Allison. They're a little more stoic. They're a little more reserved. They're a little more laid back. They're a little more dead. <laughs> and I'm pastor. Can you imagine me pastoring a dead church? The reason I was elected to that church is because they said I was the only preacher that the teenagers didn't go to sleep on. The teenagers were afraid I was going to have a heart attack because you think I preach hard now. You don't know how I preached. 30 years ago. I mean, every vein in my head and neck would just about pop every service. I wasn't good, so I was just louder. Amen. But one service, I don't know what happened, but one service, the Holy Spirit showed up. I was only there a year. <laughs> Long enough. Seemed like 10. Only there a year. I don't know if we ever had a service like that. Don't ever, I know we never had another one even close to that. But for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit came in. I'm not saying we heard the rushing mighty wind. But I'm telling you there was an evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Back in those days, you marked a good service by when the preacher didn't preach. 
Remember when we used to say, oh, you old timers, how it was such a good preach, such a good service, the preacher didn't even preach. Didn't help the preacher's ego much, but we knew what you were talking about. Because the Holy Spirit, you know, was just so strong, he, he couldn't preach. And he couldn't add anything to what the Holy Spirit did. So if he was a smart preacher, he didn't preach. Amen? Amen. And I think it was one of them great services where I didn't even preach. That's what made it so good, probably. And I remember, it, I didn't know what to do. I was just a young, I think I was 21 years old. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. So finally, finally, I, I got up and did the pastoral thing. And Oh, what a great day we had today. And Spirit of God is so good. And God bless you. You can be dismissed. I started walking down off the platform. I noticed nobody is leaving. <laughs> well, I wait for a minute. I thought, well, maybe... They didn't hear me. <laughs> so I went back and I said, uh, what a great day it was today. All oh, the presence of God was so wonderful. God bless you. You may be dismissed. I'll, I'll see you tonight at 7 o'clock. <laughs> Nobody leaves. Wow. What is going on? These stoic Kansans. <laughs> Perhaps you didn't hear me this morning, but I just wanted to let everybody know what a great day we had, and you can be dismissed, be friendly as you leave. <laughs> Duh. I am so sorry, people. I just recognized I didn't start this and I didn't do this and so I have no right to dismiss this. You stay all day, all night, three weeks, whenever you're ready to go, you can go. Wow. Mm. Mm. Holy Spirit adds a whole new dimension to our worship. Amen? You know, I can begin in English to describe how great God is and how much I love and adore Him. But oh, I soon run out of adjectives to describe how I feel. But oh, as a Spirit-filled believer, I can yield my tongue to the Holy Spirit and He can pray through me in another language. Oh, a language that knows no barriers, a language that knows no limitation. And I can praise and worship my God in the Spirit and know that my God is receiving the praise and the glory and the honor and the worship that He deserves. Oh, is anyone here today thirsty for a drink of the deep waters of the Holy Spirit? Oh, I want to whet your spiritual appetite today. Friend, God has a place to take us in the Spirit that we haven't even imagined or dreamed of. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, he said, I has not seen and ear has not heard and has not even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. Most people, most people when they read this verse, most people even who speak and preach and use this verse in their ministry, most of them think of it as, uh, as taking place in heaven. Oh, in the sweet by and by. 
by. Oh, that it's in the sweet by and by in heaven when, you know, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It hadn't entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for them that loved Him, that, that love Him. But I want you to notice verse 10. Maybe you forgot to read verse 10. It says, but God will reveal them to us. Paul said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. It's never entered into the heart of man. Amen. What God has prepared for them that love Him. We think about, you know, heaven in the sweet by and by. But Paul said that God will reveal them to us. And he said how He's going to reveal them to us. He said He will reveal them to us by His Spirit. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit has places to take us. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit wants to say some things to us that we've never heard. He wants us to listen and hear some sounds we've never heard. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to put some things in our heart that have never been in our heart before. Amen. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to reveal those things to us. Give the Lord a shout of praise in His house today. Amen. Power. What's this power for? Well, number three, it's power for, for warring. Warring. How many of you know there's a war going on? We just finished a three-part series I called The Big Three. Someone asked me after the third sermon, Pastor, Pastor, the, these have been so good. Can't you come up with a fourth? And the answer is yes. It's yes. And it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's power is available to Spirit-filled believers to help us fight our battle. We have two enemies. We have the devil. We have self. The devil is a real enemy. Jesus said that the devil comes to steal. He comes to kill. And he comes to destroy. Listen, friend, the devil is out to get you. He's going to do anything and everything in his power to steal your joy, steal your victory, steal your character, steal your integrity. Oh, he wants to totally destroy your relationship with God. Oh, he's going to use trickery. He's going to use deceit. He's going to use lies. He's going to use whatever it takes. Whatever it is, he'll use it on you. We need to be aware of it. Another enemy is that we have to face daily is self. Paul said, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, he said, that's exactly what I end up doing. Somebody said it like this. I have met the enemy and I am he. How do we combat these enemies? We combat these enemies. We have the big three, but also through the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit gives you boldness. In Ephesians chapter 6, we're told to put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the attacks of the devil. We understand that all of this armor is for defensive purposes. It is to cover us up and it is to protect us. But the Bible says not only do we have defensive armor, but the Bible also says right there that, that, that also included and available to us is two offensive weapons. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 and 18. Take the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. And pray always, but notice, don't just pray, but here's the real weapon, in the Spirit. Pray always in the Spirit. Listen, friend, the Holy Spirit makes an incredible difference in our warfare. Listen, friend, when I pray in tongues, I am actually doing spiritual warfare. Oh, when I am praying in tongues, amen, the Holy, the devil is no match for the Holy Spirit. Jude 
Verse number 20 says to build up yourselves on your most holy faith. Well, how am I going to do that, Brother Jude? He said, build yourself up. He said, if you're down, if you're discouraged, if you're despondent, even if you're down a little bit spiritually, he says, you can build yourself up. How am I going to do it? He said, praying in the Holy Spirit. Friend, when my spiritual battery has run down, oh, I can recharge it by praying in other tongues. Oh, listen, friend, praying in tongues builds my faith. It lifts my spirit. Oh, it puts gas in my spiritual tank. It puts juice in my battery. Oh, listen, friend, I'm going to tell you that the Holy Spirit will do for you what the phone booth did for Superman. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit will do for you what spinach did for Popeye. Oh, you'll receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. If you're down and discouraged. Amen. Stop wallowing in it. Amen. Start praying in that heavenly language. Start building yourself up. Start building your faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. What's his power for? Well, number four and last this morning, power for winning in life. Winning in life. I tell you, friend, the Holy Spirit Hello? I think Braden left his phone up here. The Holy Spirit will give you a better attitude. Ron, I have his phone. The The Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit will help you have fun. Amen? Some of y'all need to know that. This is not always spiritual. This is spiritual. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's another point. Don't have time for it. Holy Spirit, give you a better attitude. Romans 14 and 17 says the kingdom of God is not. Say not. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. What's he saying? He's saying the kingdom of God is not religious, not religiosity. The kingdom of God, he says, is not a set of rules, not a set of regulations. Do this, don't do that, go here, don't go there, say this, don't say that. The kingdom of God, Paul says, is not A set of rules and regulations. The kingdom of God is not about what we eat and what we drink. That's not the kingdom of God. Well, Paul, if that's not the kingdom of God, what is? He says the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. It's not in what we do or don't do. It's not in rules and regulations. Kingdom of God is not meat or drink. But here's the kingdom of God. Paul said it's righteousness and it's peace and it's joy in the Holy Spirit. Help the Holy Spirit helps us win in life. He provides us with righteousness, provides us with peace, provides us with joy. Look at these three words very quickly this morning. Righteousness, righteousness. This speaks of our upward. It speaks of our upward relationship. The Holy Spirit helps us live a pure and holy life. John the Baptist said about Jesus in Matthew 3 and 11, speaking about Jesus, John the Baptist said, Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. But he also said, and with fire. Say fire. Some of you got the Spirit, you didn't get the fire. Now the fire does a lot of things and that's a whole other 
A series of lessons, but, but listen, one thing about fire is, and that is fire is a natural purifying element. Fire is used to purify. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's fire purifies our life. Righteousness, our upward relationship, and peace. Peace speaks of our outward relationships. The Holy Spirit helps us get along with our brothers and our sisters in Christ. My wife and I have two great kids. It's just a fact. They really are. They were exceptional preacher's kids. When they were growing up, they lived for God, they loved God, they served God. Were they perfect? No. But I've asked them after they've been married and even had kids, I said, okay, dad can't whip you anymore now, so I want to know. Tell me all the bad things you did when you were were growing up. Tell me how many... Tell me how, how many cigarettes you smoked and how much weed you did and how many pills you popped and how much beer you drank and how many... Tell me about your life. Dad can't whip you anymore. I just like to no. know. Both of them. Dad, I've never had a cigarette in my mouth. Dad, I've never had one sip of beer. Dad, I've never had a, one, even one drag off of, of, uh, of weed. I've never done any of that stuff. Never, ever, ever, never, never. Were they perfect? No, they still did some things. They still talked back to their mama and got in trouble for it and stuff like that. And they, you know, broke curfew and time or two and went places they weren't supposed to. They, they, I'm not saying my kids were perfect. I'm saying, I'm saying they're great kids and they still are great kids. And they both, both are serving God today and both of them in, in, in ministry today. But even though they were great kids, sometimes because they were brother and sister, because of sibling rivalry, sometimes they would fuss. Sometimes they'd fuss, sometimes they'd fight. In fact, my daughter promises us that that Chad tried to kill her one day. She says, Dad, he had me by the throat and I couldn't breathe. To this day, she'll tell you. They'd fuss, they'd fight, just like all siblings do. But when they would fuss and when they would fight, my wife would separate them and send them to their individual bedrooms. And she would tell them, go in there and pray. And both of them spirit filled and pray in tongues. And you don't come out until you come out with a different attitude. And you're willing to kiss and make up with your brother or sister. Well, my kids tell us now that they would go into their bedrooms and fume. Throw things. Say things, you know, did you ever do that? I did, man. I'd go to, and I'd, I'd make sure the door was shut because my dad whipped hard. And, you know, and I'd just tell my dad off, you know. He couldn't see me, but I'd just tell him, man. I'd just tell him. And my kids told me that, you know, they'd just, you know, they'd, uh, uh, they'd, they'd go in their room and they'd fume and, and smoke would be coming out of their ears in anger. And, 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 and the last thing they wanted to do was pray. But they knew they weren't coming out of their room until they had a different attitude. And my son says, he said, I thought, I don't want to pray, but it's sure better than getting a whipping. <laughs> and so he said he would actually pray. And he said he would pray, he would pray, and it was so hard. He's mad. He's mad. And it's so hard for him to pray at first. But he said in time, as he continued to pray, God, God would help him pray, and God would give him a different attitude toward his sister, and his attitude would change so he could come out of the room and at least for a while be better to his sister. I want to tell you about a room I'm building in the new building over here. It's called an attitude room. 
I'm building a room over there in that building where I can put church members with bad attitudes. (laughs) And when they cop a bad attitude, I'm saying, get in that attitude room and you stay in that attitude room until you pray, until you pray in tongues, until the Holy Spirit gives you a different attitude. And only when you have another attitude can you come out of that attitude room. How many think that's a pretty good idea? Now, some of you don't want to go in there, so that was kind of, kind of light. Amen. 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 If we could get the worship team back on, uh, on board this morning, please. Oh, is anybody thirsty? Is anybody thirsty today for a cool, refreshing drink from the well of the Holy Spirit? My wife is. Anybody else? I've been preaching 35 minutes. Is anybody? Well, I've got to preach 35 more if I can. Is anybody thirsty today? Amen. Does anybody want to draw some water out of the well of the Holy Spirit? Does anybody want the refreshing of the Spirit of God? Amen. To bubble up on the inside of you. Amen. Does anybody want to have a power encounter? Would you stand with me this morning? Give the, give the Holy Spirit a round of applause this morning. Come on. Give the Holy Spirit a round of applause today. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. Make sure your mothers are here. Mothers, make sure your children are here. We're going to honor with the the mothers. We're going to take plenty of time with the mothers. But when I'm done with that, amen, this year I've never done it. But I'm going, this is what the Holy Spirit said. And that is I'm to do some teaching and some preaching, some uh, preparation, amen, for power encounter. Amen. Get you ready. Get you ready. Get you ready. Amen. When Doug Eccles comes here, amen, we're already going to be on fire. Amen. When he gets here, we're going to have a power encounter. People are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. They're going to have power in their life at the end of this meeting. Amen. Wednesday night, 6 o'clock right here. 6 o'clock Wednesday night right here in the auditorium. Deacons, please be here. Leadership, staff, amen. Leadership, be here Saturday. I mean, Wednesday night, 6 o'clock from 6 to 6.30. 6.30, we're going to go right into our teaching. And we're going to be done at 7.30. We're going to exit the building. We're going to honor Alpha by getting out of their way so they can have their revival. Father, I just pray today that you'll take the word of the Lord. Father, that has been shared today. God, I just pray, Lord, that you will use it today, Father. Use it today, Lord. Wet the appetite. Wet the appetite. Wet the appetite. Wet the appetite of our people, Father. Lord, help us thirst. Help us thirst today. Help us thirst today, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can we have a chorus this morning, please? You're all I bless you guys thank you so much for being here uh if you uh 
We did our offering and tithes a little bit early this morning. If you need to give your tithe or offering, just hand it to an usher on your way out. God bless you guys. Please turn in your connection card at our Welcome Center if you're a guest. Have a wonderful afternoon.